Hi friends, I hope you're having a great summer wherever you are and that in the midst of much turbulence in the world, you're getting rest, you're seeking God still. You know, summer for me is often a time to take stock of life, to allow God to challenge my habits, hopes, expectations. You know, me and family, we went away at the beginning of the month and I was confronted on our journey with some areas that needed my attention as I drove, as I was in the car. I don't know about you, but being in the car can be quite a revealing area in my life. Now, uh, let me give you a bit of uh, my story. I learned to drive in the unforgiving, in the mean country lanes of Torquay in Devon, yes, where the legends of the Pennin roundabout, you, you, well, you've not, you might not have heard of it. Okay, you haven't heard of it, but the, the Pennin roundabout, uh, oh, you know, perfected my driving, but I really perfected my driving in South Africa, where I worked for six months at the age of 18, and for some reason they let me drive there. Um, and uh, I drove in the affectionately named Tin Can, uh, and then I must confess I've been shaped by the roads of London. I'm at best what is called a decisive driver, uh, but I'm not always at my best. <laughs> and uh, as we drove to Cumbria uh, this summer, I was a bit frustrated at one person's driving here. I muttered the odd comment about that person's driving over there. And all the time as I drove, I kept on realizing I was going too fast. I didn't need to go as fast as I was. Like, What was the rush mark? What was I really angry about or frustrated about? Uh, and the lack of indignation, uh, sorry, and I was frustrated. You know, the lack of indication from the guy in the Land Rover was annoying me. But what was I really annoyed about? You know, what pride or need for control was bubbling beneath the surface in me? Well, on our way home, I suddenly noticed I was driving in the slow lane. I hadn't even realised. I wasn't rushing, wasn't getting annoyed, hardly even noticed some of the terrible driving going on. <laughs> I was changed uh, by the rest and the connection with my family, quality time, healthy boundaries uh, made by the holiday with, with the pressures of being a minister in the church, uh, like put off for a little while whilst we could rest. You know, now our passage today is all about recognising this kind of behaviour. Recognising that who we are in Jesus should be having an impact, actually, on what we do, how we behave, and yes, even how I drive. <laughs> so I'm going to read the passage to us now, and then we can get deeper into the text together. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He, cho he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, James is a serious writer. He was the first bishop in the early church, the bishop of the church in Jerusalem, the brother of Jesus and a leader who, when he wrote, was writing wisdom to the whole church. Sometimes people find tension between the writing of James and Paul because Paul wrote so strongly about Jesus saving us unconditionally by grace. What truth to be reminded of. No matter what you do or don't do, Jesus accepts you, forgives you, and freely offers you new life by his grace. James probably wrote this letter before Paul, and it doesn't clash with the truth of grace, but teaches into another key in the Christian faith. When we are saved, we begin to be transformed. This is part of the relentless life of the good news that is Jesus. And to explore it more, I want us actually to go back to Jesus and learn from one of the parables Jesus told. So we're going to look at the parable of the sower together. Now, I'm going to try and do something fancy and uh, draw something for you. So uh, you have to bear with me here. Uh, as I get this out. But as we, as we read the parable of the sower, you can read it yourself in Mark 4, or it's in Matthew 13 as well. Um, we find that there are various different elements going on. And I think there's a bit of a flow here, which I just want to kind of like unpack to us to get us to reveal. So as we read this parable, we find that there's a farmer and he is sowing seed onto the ground. This is our field here. And uh, we'll put the seed here in the middle. This is the seed. He, he does this in four different types of soil. It, uh, the seed lands in different places and, and it has different results depending on it. First of all, uh, there's the path here uh, where the seed falls and then it gets eaten by the birds. Then we've got the rocky ground where it tries to grow, but it gets scorched by the sun. Uh, then we've got the thorns as well where it grows, but it gets choked by the other things growing around it. And then we've got the good soil over here. Uh, now the key thing, and this is a great parable because Jesus explains this parable uh, to us just afterwards because the disciples are like, what does this mean? And so he then explains it to them. Uh, and um, we can explain it like this. When, when the seed, which is the good news uh, that Jesus is telling, the good news of the kingdom of God, when it falls on the path, people hear it, uh, but they don't understand it. When it falls on the rocky ground, people hear it and they begin to understand it. It says actually in Matthew that they received it with joy, but then it doesn't have any root. 
the understanding doesn't go down. And actually the word receive means assume. They assume the truth of Jesus without necessarily fully understanding it. There's a problem with understanding in this bit. And then uh, uh, the thorny bit, uh, they hear it, they understand it, and it starts to grow. They're doing something about it. You can see why it's going to parallel with our James passage. Uh, but actually, then it gets choked by the worries of the world and by riches. Wealth is really key in this passage. Jesus often speaking into that. But then the good soil, not only did people hear it and understand it, but they then uh, bear fruit. They do things because of it. Their behavior changes uh, and then it multiplies. It bears a harvest or a crop. Uh, here we go. Um, so as we can see here, like in this field, there is this, um, there is this way for us, and I like doing it like this in this image, because it allows us to see uh, that there is this flow to the life of the gospel. The gospel is something that people need to hear. They need to hear it. It has to be spoken uh, so that they can hear it. But also people need to be able to understand it for it to carry on its life in them. It's something to be studied and uh, to enrich people and to give them roots in their life. But out of that understanding then also comes fruit, things that people do. Uh, and then that doing, that good fruit that comes out of the hearing and the understanding of the good news of Jesus, it bears a harvest. It always produces more than actually uh, people expect. Now, for Jesus, for many, Jesus refers to four different types of people, uh, all hearing the gospel. But depending on who they are, different things happen to them. You know, my experience and the lens that I think we find in the book of James that allows us to read this a bit differently is uh, that James, in fact, he says, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And we can read the four different types of soil or people uh, as stages or seasons of a person's life as the gospel transforms them. Now, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the good news. Can you hear it? God loves you. Now, can you understand it? When we believe in Jesus, we receive the free gift of eternal life. God offers us new life in Jesus. So you can hear it and you can understand it. But what does this mean? It means that it is not just our believing that is changed by Jesus, but it is also our life, our living that is transformed by Jesus. Even our behavior is getting saved by Jesus. This means that we can be quick to listen, slow to anger, so that we can get rid of evil in our life, find freedom, find personal purity and transformation in our, in our time and our calling and our lifestyle. And actually, James makes this really explicit. This is good news for the poor. As we are changed, the poor benefit. For James, this fruit of transformation is the evidence of not just having heard the gospel, but doing things differently because of it. Yeah, but this is not just about doing good things in order to earn some kind of gift from God. In James's words, 
James's words again are, are the deep waters of Jesus' teaching, which did not just require action for action's sake, but a life of action that springs out of a transformed heart. For Jesus, time and time again, as he taught on life's issues, issues like broken marriages or broken sex or false hope of money or the misuse of power or poverty, time and time again, he spoke about the seed for changing things being in the human heart. Now, Jesus says in Mark 7, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Like, where is your heart in comparison to Jesus's heart? As James tackles this issue of putting into action the good news of Jesus, he's opening up for us the reality that changing behaviour takes practice. It doesn't all happen straight away, but even our behaviour transforms as we practice godliness, as we get to know the Holy Spirit, and as we learn to receive the love of our Father God, from whom every good and perfect gift comes. Now, I used to be a youth worker some years ago, and I worked with an amazing group of young people who had heard the good news, actually in a park during a mini music festival that we uh, ran, and they gave their lives to Jesus. They had an on-the-spot saving encounter with Jesus where they said, yeah, we want to follow Jesus now, not anything else. They weren't from any church background. And I journeyed with them uh, as they got to know Jesus. And there are a few different moments where their lifestyle began to change. These were kids who'd grown up with it being pretty normal for a few years to smoke this or do that other thing. And I watched them both reading the Bible with them and praying with them, but also teaching them to listen to the Holy Spirit. I encountered them hearing the Holy Spirit say things like, it's time to stop smoking now. These were amazing things, and I often wish that God would speak to me like that really clearly. But as we hear the good news and understand it, and as we learn to listen to the prompt of the Holy Spirit, we are also transformed in our behavior and our lifestyles. This is not just about doing good things, but about being a good thing. It's not just about doing the good news of Jesus, but about becoming part of the good news of Jesus to the world. Jesus doesn't just want your good behavior. He wants your heart, your very self. 2 Corinthians 3.14 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, for outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. From your heart, transformation and action that can change the world can flow. Don't just listen to the good news of Jesus. Don't just understand the good news of Jesus, but be transformed by the good news of Jesus so that good fruit will grow in your life for your sake and for the sake of others. Now, I started by confessing about being a bad driver sometimes, but I can assure you that I'm not all bad. One thing I do love doing when I can is letting people out. Letting people come in front and, and uh, find their place in the traffic jam in London. And a few months ago, I did that on Whitechapel High Street. When I picked up the kids from school, I, I slowed down, beckoned the driver uh, out of the side street. I think there might have been a cyclist who needed to get past too. I felt pretty good about it. Um, but then the horns behind me, the cars behind me start beeping their horns. And there's all sorts of hand gestures going on. It looked a bit like the guy was kind of training for karate or something, but um, this is sometimes the reality. 
and isn't this more like what we what we have to fight with sometimes? You know, we we want to do good. We're fighting to do good, to good. Uh, but even our good actions are criticised by others, or, or misunderstood, or seen as a luxury in this cutthroat world. It's all well and good us hearing about Jesus, calling us to go and bear fruit and be the good news, and then practising to be nice to each other in church. But what about out there? What about learning to be like Jesus, tenaciously out there, even if it's misunderstood, even if it's unappreciated, even if it's seen as weak? Well, this is the call of Jesus to us. You know, you are the light of the world. This is what G- James is trying to help the church to grow in. Humbly accept the word planted in you, which can transform you. Do not just listen, but do what it says. Don't just settle for less in your behavior. Don't sleepwalk through your life. Receive the good news and keep on letting Jesus transform you. Let me pray for you now. Lord, I pray that wherever uh, people are who are listening now, you would touch them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you convict us, Lord Jesus, over what needs to change in our lives. But I thank you that you don't require us to do that in our own strength. You, the one who saves, is, uh, comes and gives us power for transformation. Thank you for your good news. Would we receive it afresh today? Would the seed of, gospel, of the gospel continue to grow in our hearts, wherever we are, whoever we are, now and always? Amen.